Hello, welcome to Hope Stream FM Weekly Bible Study Review. My name is Pastor Solomon Odinyebuchi O'Connell. The topic of this week's lesson is Seeing the Invisible. The key text is Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Please pray with me. Almighty Father, Great One, thank you for sparing our lives and for granting us another opportunity to study your word. Speak to us again through your word, which is life. Cause our faith to grow in you and bless us, Father, with eternal life in the end. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the great apostle Paul defined faith as confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This definition is appropriate but challenging. How can we have confidence in what we have not yet received but only hope for? How can we be sure about what we do not see? Yet, this is what the Bible calls faith, without which we cannot please God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Moses exemplified faith in this week's key text. He persevered in the face of crucibles because by faith he saw God who is invisible and believed him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. Like Moses, we are challenged to see God as invisible and to believe him. Not only when times are good, but especially when everything is going wrong. How can we, by faith, develop a Christ-like faith shaped by the truth about God's goodness? How can we have an understanding of the power in the name of Jesus, the power of the resurrection, and the compassion which will enable us to stand strong when we are in crucible? This week's lesson will answer these questions and more. Our Father's extravagance. Many times we look at our circumstances and then we begin to wonder whether God really loves us. We say to ourselves, if God really loves me, things would be different for me. There are reasons why we doubt God's love sometimes. When we believe that something is good for us and we desire greatly to have that thing, we feel disappointed with God if he does not grant our desire. Interestingly, the fact that we believe that a thing is good may not mean that it is truly good by God's standards. Our sense of judgment has been distorted by sin, so we are moved to doubt God's goodness. If something looks good or feels good or sounds good or tastes good based on our human experience, so we get angry with God when we can't have it. But the fact that we, with our perverted senses, believe that a thing is good does not mean that it is truly good for us if weighed through God's own judgment. So, this is faith. Accepting that your sense of reasoning, your taste, your feeling, and your desires have been marred by sin. That what you may desire at a time, no matter how good it may seem to you, 
may not really seem good to God. And that when God says no or wait to your desires, it is simply for your own good. Faith will not doubt God and his goodness, even when things don't fall in place for you. In Romans chapter 8, verse 32, there's an important fact that can guide you when you encounter circumstances that may destroy your faith. Here's the fact. If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, if he could embrace our condition and expose his son to the harshest condition, even exposing him to death, what else would he not do for us? So, if you feel God is delaying to answer your prayer, just know that it is for your good. In the name of Jesus, John chapter 14, verse 14. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Jesus was everything to his disciples. He was their source of support and encouragement. But now he was going back to heaven. How confused and powerless his disciples would have been. In the midst of their confusion and helplessness, Jesus gave them a remarkable promise. Although he would not be with them physically anymore, he will do anything they ask in his name. John chapter 14 verse 14. Because of this, the disciples were to always end their prayers in the name of Jesus. In this same way, we too must always end our prayers in the name of Jesus. When our request is in the name of Jesus, we can be certain that the whole machinery of heaven is at work on our behalf. We may not see the angels walking all around us, but they are sent from the throne of heaven in the name of Jesus to fulfill our requests. Sometimes when we pray in the name of Jesus, we expect immediate miracles. However, while the power of God may cause immediate miracles, just as when Jesus calmed the storm, it is also possible that he may walk in quietness unnoticed as when the power of God sustained Jesus in Gethsemane. Something dramatic may not happen suddenly, but that does not mean that God is not at work for us. The power of his resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus was a singular event that changed the history of humanity. Through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we became legitimate heirs to the kingdom of God. However, the resurrection adds something to the experience of salvation. The resurrection of Jesus is meaningful, not just because it shows us that one day we will be resurrected as well, but the resurrection placed Jesus at the right hand of the Father in a position of power and authority. This resurrection power is the same power that God makes available for us today. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses verse Verses 18 to 23, Paul talks about the power of God. In this text, Paul made three bold claims that we can understand only with divine help. First, that God has called us to the hope of transformation and eternal future. Second, that through the resurrection of Jesus, God manifested his power in our behalf. And third, that the resurrection reaffirmed Jesus' authority to rule and to be king over God's people and over the universe. The good news is that the power that was manifested in our behalf through the resurrection of Jesus 
is still available to us today. To carry all our worries. Matthew 6 verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Someone once said that when our life becomes all tied up, we should give it to God and let him untie the knots. God is always willing to untie the knots of our lives. But unfortunately, we struggle too far, too long to manage our problems until we are almost dying. Why do we need to wait until we are dying? Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. To cast means to throw, to give away, so that what is causing the ache and the concern no longer has any connection to you. But perhaps what is most consoling is the fact that our burdens are not thrown just anywhere, but that our burdens are given to our Father in heaven, who has promised to sort them out for us. Jesus emphasized this same promise in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 33, when he said, do not worry. The problem in doing this is not that it's too hard, rather it's that it's just too easy, too good to be true. Anxiety is caused by all sorts of things. It could be due to pressure from work, unexpected criticism, feeling that we are unwanted or unloved, health or financial worries, feeling that we are not good enough for God, or believing that we are not forgiven. Whatever the reasons are, one reason we hang on to our problems is that we think that we can sort them out better than anyone else. But Peter urges us not to worry, not to carry our burdens, but to cast them at the feet of Jesus. What challenges have caused you so much pains and agony? What crucibles have you been battling with? Trying to sort them out by yourself. How can you learn to cast them at the feet of Jesus today? Still faithful when God cannot be seen. It can be painful to think that no one cares about or no one knows about what's happening to you. But it can be both painful and frustrating to feel that God does not know or care about what you're going through. Judah had this painful and frustrating experience while in Babylonian exile. To the Judeans, God didn't seem to care about their situation. Judah felt abandoned. But the prophet Isaiah spoke words of comfort to them. He spoke to them about God's love and tender care in Isaiah 41 verse 12. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads them that are young. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 29, Isaiah described God in a manner that answers the question of unbelief. The prophet wrote, The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he who neither fends nor grows weary, he whose understanding is unsearchable, he who gives power to the weak, and who increases the strength of those who have no might. Since God is all of these, 
then we need not worry even when we cannot see his face clearly. In the story of Esther and the Hebrews, written in the book of Esther, we see how God intervenes to save his people from circumstances that they may deem irrevocable. Esther's story does not just describe events of the past, but it also symbolizes a time in the future when God's people will again be persecuted, when a law again will be introduced for their destruction, Revelation 13 verse 15, and how God will eventually intervene to save his children. In all circumstances, whether now or in future, we are not to fear. The same God who saved his chosen ones and the story of Esther will save them again in a final crisis. In conclusion, we may not understand all things now, but we need to see by faith what God is capable of accomplishing for us and how in the name of Jesus, he will eventually save all who trust in him. Please pray with me. Mighty God, thank you for the gift of your word. Cause us to grow in faith daily and to keep trusting you until we have been saved into your kingdom. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. For questions, contributions, and prayer, please reach me on WhatsApp on plus 234-903-789-1680. God bless you.